Hey everybody, welcome to the Crossways Podcast, where we talk about how we can walk in the way of the cross. I'm Jonathan Germany, and with me for the very first time in official capacity is the co-host of this podcast, Joshua Fowler. I'm excited you're here with us as we're talking about spiritual disciplines, and tonight we have returning with us a familiar face to the Crossway Podcast, the one and only Colin Little. And guys, how are you guys doing? Doing well. Yeah, us too. Finally got a little bit of sunshine, man. Had some uh, crazy wind and rain roll through uh, this area. Yeah. But uh, um, we're, we're, it's good to be here. We're all uh, staying dry, staying, uh, staying above water. So Good deal. I know y'all had the, the, the hurricane and tropical storm, and depending on where you're at, uh, kind of hit you. And uh, we'll be seeing some of that in Kentucky, uh, I think tomorrow or Saturday. But uh, I find it kind of odd. We were chatting before that um, Colin, uh, man, he he he's a trooper. He 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 was getting set up at the house and uh, then said, "Oh, I have no power," and uh, had to go and get that taken care of. But then Josh is you know just experienced uh, this terrible storm and he's no problem, no power loss. It, it's kind of interesting how that works. Unpredictable. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, we're so excited. And, and for those who are watching, man, we are so happy you're here. And uh, drop us a comment. Let us know you're here and you're watching with us. And uh, let us know um, maybe where you're watching from. But um, to kind of recap, I guess, what we've been talking about these last few days, I say last few days, these last few episodes, have been focused on the spiritual disciplines. And uh, how spiritual disciplines are something that isn't about trying harder. It's not something about, you know, just focusing and saying, I just got to work on this more. And, and it's more about training more wisely and being more intentional with the things we do to help us. Because our goal is to be more like Christ. And uh, today we're talking about prayer. And uh, for our audience who are watching, uh we would like to know what your favorite or most common place to pray is. And while we're waiting on that, I'll let our our guys jump in and just talk about maybe their favorite place to pray, their most common place to pray, and maybe why that's so meaningful. And I'll tell you, my, uh, my daughter has this thing about being on the roof. Like, she loves to be on the roof. She's always been a climber uh, at ball games when we were at my son's baseball game. Frequently, somebody would be like, um, whose daughter is that up on the top of the backstop? Like, <laughs> oh, that's mine. Hang on a second. Let me get her down. <laughs> and uh, this past uh, Easter, we were doing some sunrise uh, scripture readings. And so I would climb up on the roof with her and we would sit there for a little while. And as the sun was rising, kind of up above everything, you hear all the birds around. Um, and, and that little bit of solace to me um, kind of, re this is kind of what that kind of takes me to is that place where you're kind of up above everything you're able to see for a lot much greater distance than is typical. Um, but so any place that's kind of isolated where I can really experience some form of, of God's creation uh, does something for me in, in that moment. I'm kind of thinking, you know, uh, every morning I'm getting up bright and early some days heading to, uh, heading to the office or heading to the workplace and, uh, spend a time in prayer when you get to your location in the car. I don't know why, but it's just time to 
maybe turn a little Zoe group on or acapella music and let it play in the background, but just spend time thanking God for something or just blessings that he's given you, you know? Yeah, I, I, and I like that where, and, uh, you know, I, I typically, I, I don't actually have a specific place that, that I like to go to to pray, and perhaps as we talk about this, I'll have to follow my own advice and you know later on <laughs> but but I think it's really interesting that you know Josh you had a specific place that was special you know going to the roof and Colin you said you know one of your places was as you're doing just normal life you know in the mm-hmm. car you know so you know for those who are watching you know your most common place or your favorite place doesn't have to be a place that's unusual it doesn't have to be a place that you have to go and find. You know, it could just be something that you do normally through your normal daily routine. And I think that's important for us to kind of remember for sure. We had a uh, uh, marriage seminar, workshop, road show, and they did come through town. And several years ago, as we kind of spoke with them, they talked about having a sacred place like in your, in your house. And after we did that, we came in and we set up this sacred place, right? we got a couple of chairs. you got a little table there, have some books and some prayer books. It's like, this is going to be the place where we pray and we do nothing else as a, as a couple in this space together, uh, which was really good for a while. But you know what happens to empty chairs that are in your bedroom? It's so <laughs> easy for them to become um, storage or, the place, I don't mean, I don't know where to put these clean clothes. I don't feel like putting them away. I just put them on the chair. Uh, and so just, I mean, kind of to your point, sometimes those, those places that are special um, sometimes aren't as, as convenient or they're rarely as convenient. So I think there's a time and a place for those special places, but, but finding time to pray in those common areas of life is really an important aspect. I think of, of that discipline of prayer. Yeah. And, and I wonder why, you know, and uh, as we're talking about, you know, why prayer, you know, because in order for something to be meaningful, in order for something to be important, uh, I think perhaps we need to to really figure out why is prayer actually meaningful? What's the point? You know, is it just for me to feel better about something? Is it just better for me to say, oh, man, I, I'm going, you know, is, is it a vending machine? You know, I feel maybe we treat it like a vending machine. You know, at least uh, I've heard that analogy, and I like that analogy where, man, we're going through a really tough time, or we want something, and we think, man, if I just ask in this certain way, with the right language, at the right time, maybe even in the right place, and I hit all the right buttons, and I put in the right stuff, then out pops exactly what I want and exactly what I asked for. And is, is, is that what, you know, is, is that really the, the point of prayer? What do you got? Maybe Colin. I mean, I know you and I talked a little bit this afternoon about kind of the importance of prayer and, and why it's important. There was a, there's a quote that I want you guys to think about. It says, the reality is my prayers don't change God but I'm convinced prayer changes me. Mm-hmm. Praying boldly boots me out of the stale place of religious habit into authentic connection with God himself. Like, think about that, because 
like you're saying, if I just want to pray, it doesn't do anything for God or like, like you just said. So just sticking to that first kind of quote I found, I was like, let's think about that. I like that. Yeah, it is a, a lot more, I think, of, of a centering, a centering moment. Um, sometimes, maybe sometimes my prayers are designed by me uh, to change and to shape and to mold God. Like I'm, I'm trying to move him to a place where I want him to be. Um, and, and maybe a lot of times that's why we have such a, such a mindset that doesn't jive with prayer because God doesn't move at my beck and call. Um, he doesn't press. He doesn't shape. He doesn't shift just because I want him to. Um, but I think so frequently what, what you said, Colin, is true that I look back on that experience and realize, you know, God hasn't moved a bit. Uh, but what he has done is he has drawn me nearer um, to him through the process. Even when I was unwilling or came with, with a bad mindset or even a bad goal, um, God says, hey, I'm going to take this moment while you're here, while you're talking to me, and you think I'm moving, but I'm actually pulling you closer to me. Um, and, and I love that, that understanding of prayer, that it's really more about my own shaping and my own transformation than it is pushing and moving and manipulating God. Definitely. Now, I, I guess on that same note, and, and, and I don't really have an answer for this, but, you know, we do see examples of, of men of faith asking God for something and even God changing his mind, you know, in a sense. Or, or maybe, you know, when we're praying for someone to be healed and uh, our prayer, I, I fully believe that, that God answers some of those prayers with a yes. You know, sometimes he answers those with a no. But uh, and and why he does yes and knows in certain times, uh, I can't tell you. But how do we, uh, I guess, understand the difference between asking God for something that it would take an act, like we say, an act of God to happen? Like someone is on death row or you know, death's bed, whatever. I forget the analogy. You know the wording. Someone's about to die, and and we're saying, please heal him, right? Please, you know, someone who has inoperable cancer and then we pray for their cancer to go away you know and it does how can we understand that fact and that reality with also understanding that prayer isn't just to i guess be my own vending machine like or just to be the way i get what i want and it is about what colin read about us changing and us being closer to god yeah, you got any thoughts on that, Colin? Uh, well, I'm kind of thinking like what made me think you said it's yes or no with God, but then it's also like the yeah, unanswered prayer. Like that prayer leaves us right at the point. It's like, hey, God didn't answer my prayers. He didn't give me what I want. But like you said, if he gives us that no, then it's kind of like it's not the way that you or it's not the way he saw fit for things to happen, you know? Like uh, back in 2008, we were praying, oh, my grandmother was sick on her deathbed and she had congestive heart failure. It was like, God, will you please heal her? God, let her stay. But they, in reality, she's 85 and it was time, you know. But at, uh, let's see, 12 years ago, uh, 16, I didn't think about that, I think, you know. Yeah, I often uh, wonder some if, if our prayers are more selfish sometimes in those circumstances. You know, oh, when, when someone pretty is trust. suffering and we're like, oh, please help them not die. But they're they're We you know, they're still going to suffer if, if mm -hmm. they continue to live. 
is that prayer for them or is that prayer so we don't have to suffer the loss of someone? And again, that goes back to asking things uh, that are godly and things that aren't of, you know, that aren't from selfish reasons. Well, it's like last night I said to the kids about preference versus God, like our people preference, even even Christians or anybody can choose their preference over things, you know. And when thinking about that, well, it's our preference of how we want those prayers to be answered, or it's the way we want things to happen, versus hey, God's going to handle it, but it's going to be in His timing, as we know. So, sorry. So we have this, uh, and and we we see it with Jesus, right? We use Christ's prayer as an example. You know, Jesus says in the Garden, "If it is possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done." And so I, I think a lot of times we throw in kind of a little caveat that says, heal, heal this person, bring this deliverance, change this mind, if it be your will. And we're not using if it be your will in a manner of faithfulness to God. We're using it more as a crutch saying, I really don't believe you're going to do this. Yep. So if I say, if it be your will, now I have an excuse when the answer is no. And the excuse oh. isn't what you were saying that is a selfish thing or that I had a different mindset or the wrong mindset and, you know, learning to pray, if it be your will in a, in a real and earnest way that says, I recognize I have a desire, but I also recognize I have a limited perspective. Yeah. So ultimately I want God's will to continue to be done in my life, but selfishly here is my desire. Yeah. Um, and I often wonder, you know, like you said, if it's not even, Maybe it's even more than we don't believe God is going to do it when we use the, well, if it be your will. But sometimes I think we think, I, I hate to use that, that, those thinks back to back, <laughs> but sometimes we think we have to give God an out. Yeah, you know, right. almost, just, we'll just in God, case you can't do this. Just in case you can't do this. <laughs> it's, it wasn't his, or maybe that way, you know, when it doesn't happen, we can point back to it and say, oh, it just wasn't his will. Yeah. Almost like, you know, we're going to, God needs an, a reason why he answers prayers a certain way. I mean, I struggle with some of these things, especially when you read like James 5.16 that says the prayer of the righteous man avails much, accomplishes much. Um, and I'm thinking, there's a lot of times I look at my prayer life going, what in the world is prayer actually supposed to accomplish? I mean, maybe that's a better question for us to ask when it comes to prayer. It's what are we trying to accomplish when, when we are in prayer? Um, yeah. uh, Haley uh, Farmer in the chat on, on live was saying a few good things about giving her words for her prayers, how God gives her those words. And, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit does, you know, go on behalf of us and these, these groanings that we can't put to words. But then she also kind of answered what you're saying is trying to remember that God's will will be done in mm -hmm. all things. And I think that prayer does accomplish those things. It accomplishes God's will because God's will is also for us to go to him with our petitions and with our requests. You know, his will isn't just for us to be disconnected with him. Right. He, he wants that, that, that relationship. He wants that, the, the connect, the, the connections. Mm-hmm. 
and going to the heart of it, you know, it, it, if we don't go to God and we think about, hey, I just want personal gain from this, then that's not going to help us, or it's a mindset either. But, you know, our prayer life is not an exercise or a vocal performance, right? It's not, hey, let me just pray out loud, or let me do this, or let me scream like this, or do this. It, it's far deeper than that, because it's truly a spiritual, and I don't know if I like this word, but transaction with the creator of heaven. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, and we, we, we do have to, you know, and I know what you mean by that. And we can take that too far and and almost make it like purely impersonal transaction. But it's a transaction that's not impersonal. That is that's very personal where we're saying God, I, I'm completely surrendering to you. I'm completely being vulnerable to you and in, in, in that transaction of. I'm bearing myself before you and showing and, and showing you, man, here's what I'm experiencing or here's what I want or here's, I don't know, you know, just being completely vulnerable because sometimes our prayers might look like this. You're going to, I have no idea <laughs> and I just need help. Yeah. And one of it, our biggest issues with that is consistency, right? It's kind of getting into this place where like I have highs and I have lows and and man, when my prayer life is on and when I am really, really disciplined about devoting that time, um, I recognize how much more growth and maturity I have. But it's like, even as a minister, my lows are so low. Yeah. Um, and the consistency, just, just as in anything that requires discipline, the consistency is so, so difficult to, to maintain because life gets busy, um, coronavirus hits, a hurricane hits, school gets canceled, work gets shifted, and then everything goes haywire. And all it takes is one or two days of being off kilter for that to kind of be, be kind of thrown out of whack. So the consistency is a really important aspect. Yeah. And uh, my, my dad here is in the chat is, is saying something really good. It gives him the perspective, you know, and, and I think it gives even a reminder that God, not me, but, but God's in control. And that's what that's what prayer can do. I think that's what life can do for us if we're willing to to recognize it. But true prayer has to admit, you know, that, man, I'm not in control. That's why I'm asking God for these things. I'm not telling him, you know, God, you better do this. But maybe we do do that sometimes. But, I mean, you know, off of consistency, you know, like consistency goes in life. It goes with everything. If, if we're not consistent with our prayer life, then exactly the enemy is going to start whispering in our ears. He's going to start mm -hmm. telling us, hey, you're not valuable anymore. God doesn't care about you. He's not going to answer any prayers or anything that you've been asking for because you're not doing what you were doing as a child of God. Like he's going to try and tell you or throw you off. And then, you know, the thoughts enter, the, uh, the depression hits, things like that just begin to overwhelm you. And then all it was was God was right in there with you, but he just wanted you to turn back and pray with him, be consistent again. I know. And I mean, even even as a Christian and as a minister, I, I've struggled with the prayer life because it's like, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, life, it, it's the dumbest excuse to say we're busy all the time when we can have time for God. Yeah. Yeah. The, the admonition that Daniel gets in Daniel chapter nine. I mean, I go back to that prayer so frequently. Um, and there's all kinds of lessons you can draw from it. And we may make some uh, reflections back to it in a minute. But Daniel prays and fasts for 21 days. And he doesn't get an answer for 21 days. 
But when the archangel approaches him and brings him an answer, he says, the moment you turned your face toward God, your petition was heard. Um, and to me, that is just such, such an encouraging image of the moment you set your face towards God, your petition was heard. Um, he didn't get an answer for three more weeks, and he's praying constantly for those three weeks. Uh, but just to understand that, that God hears that the moment we kind of set our face in his direction mm -hmm. uh, is, is an encouraging part of that, you know, so. Definitely, definitely. We've got to be a people of prayer. We've got to be a people on our knees, you know, like that's the biggest thing was two years ago at Exposure, Keith Parther asked us, he said, hey, when's the last time have you bowed in reverence to God? Or when is the last time you've gotten on your knees and truly said, hey, I'm going to sing a song that says, oh, I'm bending knee, but when's the last time you've been to the knee for God? Right. Definitely. That, that idea, that room earlier, it, it goes back to the movie I watched a couple of years ago about the war room. Like the war idea, room, yeah. it's just like a navel or whatever. You know, it's like a, a, the commanding room or the, the place where you go to battle with the enemy. Definitely. So. And uh, before we move on to, to getting some practicality and talking about maybe some tips for that consistent prayer, uh, something just popped in my head because you said exposure, Colin, so I'm going to have to chase this rabbit. But um, when we're thinking about, you know, what's the point, you know, it, it is intimacy with God, and it's not supposed to be showy. And I think you kind of hit on that a little bit earlier with uh, Colin with some of your comments. It's not to be showy. It's not to be flamboyant and to for people to say, oh, wow, look at that person. And uh, he's not watching. I know he's not. But um, and so I can talk about it. And uh, he would probably not like that. I'm about to tell this story. Um, but after um, David Shannon had uh, given one of his uh, lessons at Exposure one year, um, for those of you who are not familiar with Exposure and those of you who are, um, you know, um, each each time there's a keynote, all the youth ministers will go forward. And that way, if any of their mm -hmm. members want to come forward and, and respond to the invitation or to confess sins or to be restored, they have someone familiar with who they can go to and feel comfortable so they don't feel so weird and it, it's more encouraging. Well, that time, uh, I don't know, there was probably, you know, the, it, it, you know, and no one goes down alone, but almost, all the seats were almost emptied and uh, they were. I don't know, maybe 75 or so under people who had filled out these cards or more. And each one was being read as they, as they normally do. And I'm up front and I'm consoling some, some of the, some of our, our people from our area. Um, I think I was in South Carolina at the time. And I look over and behind the stage, behind the little banner, was David Shannon sitting down behind it where no one could see unless you were even with the stage or up past the stage. Mm -hmm. And he was bowed in prayer, praying after every name was, was read. And no one knew he was back there unless you were up front. No one knew he was doing it. He didn't make a big deal about being somewhat visible. He was basically hiding from all of us after preaching an amazing lesson. And was praying intently right. for each and every name. And every time I think of powerful prayer, uh, or a lot of times uh, I have that image in my head of 
true humility and mm-hmm. what prayer is all about. Is about that intimacy and not supposed to be too showy. And, you know, it's not about you. And I think that's yeah. important. Yeah, and it's a difficult aspect, too, you know, because, um, I mean, especially if, uh, like, I remember the first time I led a prayer in the church service. I was probably 14 years old. And I had gotten some advice from a mentor of mine that was in the church there at Brentwood. And you know, he taught me how he writes his prayers and the different avenues that he kind of approaches. And um, a good friend of my father's and, a, and, a, and a, pro- a professor, he was a teacher of mine at the school I was at. He came up to me and he said, that's a great prayer, Josh. Don't let it go to your head. Um, because, you know, here I'm 14, I've said this prayer, all the people in the church are just loving on me, and I'm feeling just as good as I can. And um, I needed Mr. Moore to come by and say, hey, it's not about you. That was a good prayer, but it's not about you. Don't let it here, you know, continue to work on that spirit that comes, you know, in, in the nature of prayer that, that surrenders everything to the throne of the Father. Um, definitely, definitely. Well, um. Just for and, and for those who are watching, uh, we'd love to hear your maybe some tips you found to be consistent in prayer. But I'm going to give just real quickly four quick tips, and then uh, I'll let uh, people who are smarter than me, uh, you who are watching, and my two uh, people who are on the other <laughs> side of the screen, uh, comment on them. But just four quick tips is keep it simple, be genuine, and then same place, same time. You know, if you want to be consistent, same place, same time, really help building that routine. Be genuine, and then keep it simple. And I know, you know, uh, Colin, you and I were talking this afternoon, uh, especially about the keep it simple one. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I'll hand it off to you. <laughs> okay. Well, I, who it was it? Rodney Adkins. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's the song "Watching You." It says, literally, the son's watching him. He says, I've been watching you, Dad. And then it talks about uh, yes. how he was, his son was talking to God like he was talking to a friend. Mm-hmm. And that's like the biggest thing I try to tell my youth kids or tell anybody that we need to think about, oh, well, I've got to have my words together. I've got to have everything rehearsed, ready to present to God. But reality is he just wants you to talk to him. He wants you to talk to him like me and you are talking right now, each one of us, you know? And that was just like, keep it simple, you know, right there. It's like, hey, hey, God, I want to I wanna thank you for the things you've given me, you know, or hey, God, I want to just uh, reach out to you in prayer on this person's behalf, things like that. It's just talk to him. And then there's also times to talk to him in reverence, talk to him in, in the almighty power that he is. Uh, God, my father, I want to talk to you right now, you know. Yeah, but that's a kind of just thinking about that. I'll let you that's, a, that's a powerful song, too. I love that imagery. You know, the little boy sees his dad holding his mom's hand and fixing the car. And then his dad sees the little boy praying, right? He says, where'd you learn to pray like that? And he says, dad, I've been watching you. Um, that's a, that is a powerful, powerful image. And it is those simple, simple things. I think of the same time in the same place. Um, you know, Jonathan, we were just talking about this hibachi place that's near your house. Uh, if you stop there too many times, you're going to start stopping there and not even realizing it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I take the same, you know, path uh, to to the office every day, you know, and the little back roads. Um, and it kind of gets to this place like there's this little taco place that's along the way. No dos tacos. 
and they make some of the best chorizo breakfast tacos I have ever oh, had in my life. I like life. chorizo. And, you know, I stopped there a couple of times. And now that I stopped there a couple of times, I got to pass by it every day. And every time I pass by, I'm like, man, I want tacos. Um, even if I just had breakfast at the house, when I leave, I drive by Uno Dos Tacos and I get this hankering for tacos. Um, keeping that rhythm, we are people of, of structure and habit. And when we create in our regular lives, this habit of prayer, uh, even if it's the same place in the house, or if it is always in the car, or if it's kind of always in the same rhythm and same routine, when we aren't mindfully doing it, you get into that place and that space and you go, oh yeah, this is my prayer space. And it, and it kind of brings you back into that, that habit of prayer. Yeah. Um, and, and I love those aspects of that. Um, yeah. And, and I think all of it gets, I think the the genuineness is related to every single thing that, that we've been talking about. You know, Colin, you mentioned it doesn't have to be all these fancy words and rehearse, you know, just be genuine. Sometimes I feel like we use these words that we don't even understand or we use these phrases that we really don't mean. Or maybe we do mean them, but they've lost their meaning. You know, you know, for me, I've, I've caught myself and now I, I pause almost to think about it. But I can get in the habit of saying, dear God, thank you for this day. They, almost like, dear God, thank you for this day is one word. <laughs> it's, it's one little breath. And I don't. And now I can start my prayer. You know, dear God, thank you for this day. Now I'm starting my prayer. I didn't even think about thank you for this day. It became so, you know, same time, same place. But it became almost a ritual. As it was like my introduction, comma. Now I'm entering my prayer. So I almost have to remember, okay, dear God, thank you for this day. You know, almost pausing to say I'm actually meaning this this time. And being more genuine because sometimes when I say thank you for this day, I didn't mean it. I didn't even think about it. And, and that's not genuine and that's not simple either. It's, it's actually completely empty. Mm. And that's the opposite of what, what we're talking about when it comes to prayer. Well, I mean, far too often we, you know, we say a prayer before our food and we say, thank you for this food. Well, funny story, like this time last year or so we were having birthday celebrations once a month and, at the church building and well i decided I, I didn't want to be a comedy act or nothing but i was thinking you know thank you lord for this food even though it's cake you know like we, we bless we this cheeto <laughs> to nourish our body you know we say that but then reality is half the stuff we're kind of tearing up our bodies you know yeah. like or we're, we're not at times we're, we're not disciplined just like we're talking you know yeah i think it's jim gaffigan who talks about lord Bless this Cheeto and help it to m miraculously turn into a carrot on the way down to my my stomach to give me the nutrients that I need. And <laughs> Well, I, I think that takes us to this place of talking about the different kinds of prayer because, you know, ritual is some of the things that we do. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with ritual prayers um, as long as that's not the only kind of prayers that you pray. Um, you know, my kids were growing up and sometimes still at 16, 17 and 20, uh, they have very similar language. I mean, we pray every morning at breakfast when we're together. Um, and when they would grow up praying at night, it was a ritual every day at breakfast, every night before they went to bed, um, before meals, 
the language is the same. And I think there's a place for that kind of ritualistic prayer. Um, and it's important because it is so ingrained in who we are um, that even though I may not have been aware of the words that I've said, uh, they're there because it's habit. And I think that's an important aspect of prayer. It just can't be all of it. Um, you know, we've got formal kinds of prayers like we have in our worship assemblies. We have those casual moments of prayer or someone we meet on the street or a customer or a client or friend or church member says, will you pray for me? And we say, sure. Or maybe they're those breath prayers for the people that we encounter uh, that we recognize in a moment or just those moments where I'm in the car and I think I need some time in prayer. And then we have those situational moments that can be laments or celebrations or um, we've got something going on at the church and we need some vision orientation or an event that are just very, very specific and maybe require a little uh, deeper presence. Um, and each one of those are important. I've been really guilty about telling people, um, hey, if, if you can imagine God's answer to your prayer, you're not praying big enough. Um, and I, I've started correcting myself saying, if you have never prayed a prayer where you can't imagine God answering it, you're not praying big enough. But that can't be all of our prayer, right? It, it, it encompasses every aspect of these these points of prayer. So I kind of throw those out there and let you, you know, pick a few to uh, pick apart or expound on. Well, I think the word ritual versus the word routine could come into play there because ritual, you like you're doing it for purpose or we do use those, but then routine is like, okay, I think we oftentimes sometimes get in a routine of praying for the Lord's Supper. We pray about those things, but do we get to the heart of the matter? You know, sometimes we fall prey to where, thank you for this bread. Thank you for this fruit of the vine. Thank you, or thank you for the money and let the contribution be blessed. But sometimes we, we fall prey to just routinely praying about it, you know, or even just in general, you know, it's in opening prayer, closing prayer. We may just think, well, thank you. Or let's pray about this or that. And there may have been something that, that hits us hard, like we're, you know, think about Louisiana and Texas, y'all right now, it's like, we need to be praying fervently that nothing happens too dramatic or too devastating, you know, that's the right word I'm looking for, not dramatic, yeah. but it, it, it's got to be those times where we really ritually or really turn to God or we're praying for things and not just, oh, I've got to pray right now, you know? Definitely. And uh, I'm, I, I'll, my attention gravitated toward the casual, as as Josh, you were kind of going through the the interactions with people, the you know when we run into people and they ask us to to say prayers for them, which also kind of bleeds into a little of the situational sometimes as they're mm -hmm. going through different lamenting. But I remembered someone suggesting this, and I don't do it near enough. In fact, I think I've only done it once, if I have to uh, confess. Um, but I know right now it's really uh, I'm, it's kind of harder to do right now, depending on where you live with the pandemic and how comfortable you are with going out and eating. Um, but someone once said, you know, if you're going to go ahead and pray, which kind of is the ritual before your meal, you know, ask your waitress. Because, okay, by the way, don't, you know, start your prayer right when your waitress is coming up. Because then they have to stand, you know, that's little, you know, that's that awkward moment and not awkward because we're embarrassed, but because what do we do now and they can't leave. But 
maybe wait for them to come up. He's got plates of food in the air. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know what I'm doing here, but you know, but but wait for them to to come and then stop them and say, hey, we're about to pray for our food. Is there anything you would you know you want us to take to God on your behalf? You know, don't make a big deal. You're not doing it for show, but. They're going to see you praying before you eat anyway. A good waitress, good waiter is attentive enough to be watching your table, and they'll see you pray, even if you try to hide it. They'll, they'll see it. Ask them, hey, is there anything we can pray for you about? Mm-hmm. Especially if you're a Sunday eater, because church people who go out to eat, uh, 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 you know who I'm talking about. If you're watching, you know who you are. But we're some of the worst customers. If you t- talk to any waiter or waitresses, you know, we're some of the rudest Maybe be that light and say, hey, how, what can I pray for you? Uh, you know, we're about to pray anyway. Or, you know, on another note, when someone asks you to pray for them, and every time I've done this, it, it's always worked. Say, yeah, I'll pray. What if we pray right now? Is that okay? Because yeah. if you're like me, I'll forget. Not because I don't care about them. I'll just forget. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I'll remember it next time I see them. And what do we do? Oh, man, I've been praying for you. No, you haven't. <laughs> Come on. Man. That's the worst thing to say. I'm going to pray for you. And then you never go to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my most uh, eye-opening moments was with a customer of mine. <clears throat> I was a service advisor in a Cadillac store, and I'm on the service drive. One of my customers, she had been my customer for years. She knew I was a Christian. Um, she knew I went to Memorial Road there in Edmond. Um, and we talked about church and God kind of things all the time. And, uh, her mother was really sick and she had been coming in like regularly. We've been talking about her mother and how things were going. And it was like the third or fourth time she had been in, we were talking about it. She said, would you mind praying for me? And I, and I was like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Why didn't I offer? I mean, I should have offered that. And I said, sure, I will. And she grabbed my hand and she said, okay. And she kind of pulled me close and I was like, oh, you mean now I'm like, okay. I guess I'm doing this right now. Um, but that was that moment where it was like, no, like she didn't want me to pray for her later on tonight with my family. And she was like, no, I need it now. And I'm not going to let you say this and go and I do it. You're going to come in. You're going to do it now. <laughs> um, and that was, that was the, the one kind of wake up moment for me. It was like, yeah, this should happen more. Um, yeah. This should happen more. If I really believe what we say about prayer. Yeah. The, the times I've done that when I said, Hey, can I do it right now? I've never had someone say no, and typically, the look on their face is of, oh, you, oh, like you're actually gonna pray. It's almost a shock. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that'd be great, mm-hmm. you know. And they're almost caught off guard in a good way, and it's one way we can show them Jesus, because most of the time when people say, hey, I'll be praying for you, I mean, when people tell me that. I say thank you, but I also know that most of them won't because I know that a lot of times I don't mm-hmm. because I, not because I don't care again, because I, but then again, maybe it is, we don't care enough because right. we because we make it a priority to do the, to, to do the things we care about. Mm-hmm. And maybe that needs to be something we kind of sit on and, and really contemplate, you know, in our personal lives. Yeah, it's good stuff. So needed too. It is. It is. Well, hey, guys, we are just about at it. Yeah, right at 840. So uh, a- any closing thoughts or, or anything from, from you two guys about maybe the importance of prayer or maybe 
a tidbit, a tip that we didn't cover about maybe a good reminder to pray. I know my dad was in here saying uh, the password to log into his computer reminds him to pray for something very specific. Mm-hmm. Since I have to type that password many times, you know, every day, it helps him to remember to pray for that one thing. And uh, so that's a really good tip. You know, well, he's, he sent me many messages saying, I just want you to know you're the password for my computer today. Oh, I'm sure you did. First time I had to ask him what that meant. And then he told me, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> I'm typing that in every day. Uh, my, my word of encouragement as we leave is just to say, uh, start today. Don't start tomorrow. Don't start next week. I always going to start my workout routine on Monday, uh, you know, because I need a good starting point. It's like, man, don't put it off. Start today. And if you fail today and then tomorrow when you get up, you say, I'm going to start today. Um, and if you fail a hundred times, just start today. And if I have to start over and over and over again, that's okay. Um, but just start and, and slowly, but surely we kind of work to, to be more and more disciplined in that. Mm -hmm. I kind of think tying into that, our life is a journey. Our Mm -hmm. life is a journey with God. Our life is a journey with Christ. And it's just like, you know, Frodo, we're friends and Joshua, we're, we're friends, I believe. And I've been sharing like the journey I've been on in the last four months. It's like you got to get up and decide the day that you're going to change your life or the day that you're going to become more of a God follower, the more that you're going to dedicate to God. Because it's like the day I decided on March 24th, I was going to start losing weight. And here I stand with you guys and I'm down 84 pounds. You know, it's the life changing things Mm -hmm. you have to make decisions of. And it's not push God to the back burner ever. God should be the forefront. And oftentimes, you know, we fail that. But we've got to be able to say, hey, I'm in this journey with God. I'm in this journey with Jesus. And I've got to spend time with him to develop my relationship deeper. Definitely, definitely. Start today. Decide today to make a difference. And I have one last uh, bit of advice for you guys who who are techie. And uh, before we sign off, and I've shared this with several people, uh, there's an app called Echo, uh, E-C-H-O, Echo. And uh, our Echo Prayer, and uh, I've used it, and uh, I, you can use it in the in a way where it's not effective, which I did, and I have to readjust. But um, it's a great little app uh, for you to have your own personal prayer list. You can even have groups on there where you invite people. You can even have congregational lists. <coughs> excuse me, that are more public. But the good thing is is on you know your prayer list, you can set reminders where you say, hey, at this time, I want you to send me a push notification to pray for this one thing. Or at this time, I want you to send me a notification at random from this, you know, pick a random thing off my list and send it to me and say, stop right now and pray for this one thing right now. And uh, it's easy. It, it, it's more, you know, casual. You know, it's more in the moment. Okay, I just, you know, 10 seconds. Dear God, please be with this situation. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever. It's been less than 10 seconds. Amen. Right, you know, and then, you know, maybe also use that list later to say, hey, here, here's a way to keep me accountable. You know, what I would not do right. is don't send or set up so many push notifications. It gets really annoying because, you know, just ignore them all. So uh, be careful. Uh, I did that. And now I just kind of go, oh, no, not another one because <laughs> I sent way too many. And uh, which I know you say it can't be too many, but too many dings gets really annoying. And right. uh, so be careful, uh, but also use it effectively. 
Well, that's all we have for today, man. Guys, uh, thank you for joining us. Um, Josh and Colin, it's always a pleasure. Josh, uh, thank you for being uh, the co-host for the first official time. And uh, this worked out well. And Colin, as usual, uh, thank you for, for joining us as the guest. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, as always, these are brought to you by, and I have it, so I'm going to read it on my screen, the Ministry League. I didn't say it, Paul, so I don't have to give you money. But we are so thankful that you have been here, as always. Again, these are also brought to you by Holly Hill Church of Christ. We're here every Thursday, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central, talking about how we can walk in the way of the cross. We'll see you guys later.